0: Today's read, A Moment of Silence, Midnight 3 by Sister Soldier Chapter 10, New Business, A Reflection. A truck rolled up to my queen's home, catching me off guard because I didn't know when it would. Me, Amir, and Chris were way out in the backyard, building the wall the owner got a delivery Amir said peering wonder what it is we'll see in a minute Chris said let's stay focused I told both of them dilemma if I ran to the front of the house to accept and sign for the delivery then my friends would find out that I am the real owner of this house and that they were here building a wall working for me the job and the pay is legit. However, them finding out that I no longer lived in Brooklyn and where I do actually live was not part of my thought out security plan. I didn't want any men watching, mixing with, or lingering around my women. Even before I had taken two wives, I didn't invite Chris or Mir to our Brooklyn apartment. Plain and simple because my mother and sister live there. When I'm outdoors with my women and they are each covered, no problem. Naja, Akimi, and Uma were all at the Gazalis. Only Chiasa was home. On the one hand, I knew she would see the truck out front because she tends to see everything. On the other hand, I knew she would also be in a dilemma because my wives and I all agreed that they would not reveal themselves while workmen were anywhere on our property. What the fuck, Amir said, breaking our rhythm of laying the cement blocks. We each were now watching One guy carefully steering a gigantic nine-foot-by-six-foot box on a dolly. Then his man came out with a second huge box. Now, I was surprised as well. I was only expecting one delivery. You think the owner's home, Chris asked. I doubt it. He never comes outside while we're here, and we never catch him coming or going, Amir observed. His hope woman, Chris said. Nice, he added. Chiasa had emerged from the front door of our house, wearing her feline summer sweats and a thick wool hat that covered her hair, but her thick hair in the spring humidity made the hat lift and swell. She stood at the back of the truck, speaking briefly to the delivery man, signed the clipboard, to acknowledge receipt and then pointed to the backyard without turning around to face me or Mira, Chris. She jogged back in the house. Is she the owner's wife or his daughter? Chris asked, looking like he was under a spell after a glimpse of only her profile. What? I said calmly, but feeling tight while still working the wall as a way to get both of them back to work. "'I think I'm going to try to talk to her,' Chris said. "'Word up. She looks good from a distance,' he laughed. "'Now all I need is a close-up. I'm about to ring the bell and ask for a glass of water. Use the water cooler right there.' "'You know what's up,' I told Chris calmly. "'Don't cut block?' The married men should let the single guys roam, Chris said, walking away from the wall where we were working and towards my house. I got dibs, Amir called out to Chris. She'd pick me anyway, he said confidently. She'd probably been watching me through her bedroom window the whole time we've been back here working, even if she is married. Amir then tackled Chris before he could get too close to the house. Now... The two martial arts guys were wrestling in the grass. Amir is a fierce fighter, no matter what style of fight he's using, but Chris is strong and underestimated, and I could see him using that strength to dominate over the underestimation. The delivery men were standing in the front of the backyard now. The presence of the strangers and the huge boxes being rolled in was the only thing that broke up Chris and Amir's play fight. "'Where do you want them?' the buffed-up Italian dude asked us. "'Wherever she told you to leave it,' I said. They wheeled both boxes to the side of the deck and skillfully removed their dollies. Both of them side-glanced at the wall we were building before they turned and left. "'What would you have done?' "'If you went up and rang the house bell "'and the owner answered the door with his shotgun,' I asked Chris, "'as I was buttering a cement block. "'You know that she's his wife, then?' Chris asked me. "'The shotgun, if it's his wife, or the pistol, if it's his daughter. "'Either way,' I said. "'You always gotta go extreme, man,' Amir said, leaping up from the ground.' Words of mother, Chris agreed. Then we all laughed at ourselves. How come there are two boxes here, I asked Chiasa. This was after I'd wrapped up work and walked off the property with Chris and Amir to the subway station and came back home. I ordered one vending machine. I reminded her. She smiled. Let's make a mudarba, Chiasa said. I smiled. How do you know that word? I read it. In a book, she said, smiling even more widely, her left eyebrow raised. I knew then that she was plotting something. Mudarba, meaning contract in Arabic. Am I right? She asked me. No, I said calmly. Ajid. Remember, we wrote our wedding contract. It's called an ajid because, in Arabic, that is the word for contract. Oh, I see, she said, still smiling. And mudarba means business partnership, I told her. She jumped up like she sometimes suddenly does. I heard it too, she said excitedly, finally answering my first question about the two boxes. So, Let's you and I make a mudarba together with your new vending machine and with my new vending machine. She was talking business and flirting with me through her eyes. I let the feeling move in me but stayed solemn on the outside as though she was any business person trying to make a deal with me. Let's check out what you ordered. We each drew our knives to slice the box open. When she saw mine, she put hers away. I sliced the first box, a nice clean cut, straight down the line so I could close it back up properly. The box I cut led to a huge wooden box that looked like a portable closet. It had a combination lock built into it. Open the envelope, Chiasa pointed out. I did. Inside the envelope was a thick catalog that was sealed in thick plastic. I sliced it open with the tip of my blade to avoid damaging the pages. In the inside cover was the combination. I dialed it, and the door swung open like an actual, precisely fitted door in a home would do. Apparently, it was the machine she ordered. It's a horsey ride, she smiled for children she added it might inspire them to i cut her off it might inspire them to give you 50 cents a spin i said after swiftly sizing up the mechanics and finances of her machine no really well yes i would like the 50 cents per spin but it might pique their interest in becoming equestrians she said equestrians what language is that "'It's English. Take me seriously. Don't play around,' she laughed. "'It means horseback riders or anything having to do with the world of horses,' she explained. "'Okay.' I folded my arms across my chest to make her feel like I was going to be difficult. I pointed to the iron lock box beneath her machine where the coins would drop down. "'Your machine takes coins.' The machine I ordered takes dollars. What would make me form a partnership with you when my earnings are higher than yours? That doesn't sound like a reason to go 50-50, does it? True, your machine costs more than mine and will probably earn more than mine, but that's not the point, is it? That's my point, I said, still being serious just to fuck with her. Her face changed like now she was thinking much harder than than during her light playful mood and like this talk was much more difficult than she had anticipated she walked up close on me placing her ballerina fingers on my shoulder with one hand and the other hand behind my neck you can't use your body as part of your business proposal I told her yes I can she smiled sweetly as long as it is only with my husband. And she was right. She pressed herself against me, both of us standing in the yard. I was about to go for it, but resisted her manipulations. I gotta go pick up my wife, I said to her. I am your wife, she said to me. My first wife, I said. Kiss me first, she said softly like a whisper. Fuck it, I did but the heat between me and her is too high. She often wanted to kiss and she could be content and delighted with just that. The momentum in me didn't work that way. For me, one touch led to another and then spread like wildfire. It was too strong. But Akimi and my Uma were waiting for me to come at the agreed time, so I would. As I closed the wooden door and spun the lock, then taped up the box with the horsey ride in it, Jiasa came up behind me and wrapped her arms around me. My hands were way up high, taping the top. She got on her tiptoes and was trying to reach up as high as my hands reach, which is impossible for her to do. Meanwhile, she was pressing against my back. Now she was trying to pull my hands down, massaging my chest and moving to tickle me. I was holding back my laughter and not showing her my smile because I knew that's what she wanted. Feeling ignored, she squeezed herself in between me and the box. This is why I can't do business with you, I told Giazza. We started off as business partners, when we first met. How can you say that you can't do business with me now? She asked in her playful, flirty way. Because, I said. Because what? She asked in a sexy voice. Because the situation is different now. Different how? She asked. I paused. Because now I've been in you. Every time we're close I want to go in you. Every time I look in your eyes, I dream about how good it feels to be in you. That's why. We were half an hour late, sitting side by side on the train quietly, our feelings thickening in the air. We got off in the Bronx, and we're walking together, the reason You should form a partnership with me, she said after seconds of us walking in silence, is because my vending machine will make more money more swiftly, and it holds more money than yours because the lockbox is at the bottom. It holds a thousand dollars in coins, and your machine is a merchandise machine, and mine is not, she added confidently. My machine is less trouble you won't have to collect the revenue as often. The quarters will make the base of the machine so heavy it would be difficult for anyone to steal it. You won't have to stock it with any sodas, waters, chips, candies, products, or merchandise, which means that you won't have to restock it either. The moms just put the coins in for their children and each child wants to ride over and over or each mom has more than one child and voila i'm rich you should take that into consideration and make a mudaba with me she had come up with all of her angles within minutes or maybe she already had all of her angles sealed beforehand and just slowly seduced me i had ordered the vending machine while i was in asia the Japanese company exported their machines to America and even had the U.S. dollar conversions factored into their mechanics and displays. Of course, the Japanese always make the most efficient, high-quality, smart machinery. They always make it expensive, yet easy to purchase and easy to utilize. They think long-range instead of selling cheap shit and jerking their customers. They make a customer out of a buyer for life. That's why I wanted to begin my business buying from them. I would test it out with my first machine just to be certain that it was a bankable option. Then, if all was good, I planned to not only collect revenue from my one machine, but to reinvest and have many machines in ideal locations. Furthermore, I planned to sell the machines themselves. I paid $999 for one. On my next order, I would buy in bulk and then resell the machines, placing a nice fee for my company on top of the actual cost. This was a business that would earn for me quietly. Hardly ever required my presence and didn't lock me into a mandatory schedule or location. Lastly, it was a business where only the owner, that's me, knows the count on my earnings. I like that. In Japan, I had hired Chiasa as my translator. At the time that I hired her, she was not my wife or my love. She initiated and completed the vending machine transaction on my behalf I paid the bill therefore she knew all of the business details and followed through properly I'm realizing now that mixed in her Japanese business conversation with the seller on my behalf was her business deal as well I wasn't mad at her I am not suspicious of her I like her mind and I fucking adore her I didn't reply to her persuasions. Every time? She said suddenly. Every time what? I asked her. Every time that you look at me? Every time. I confirmed the truth without looking at her. And that's why you and I are late. Later that night at home, my second wife made her third attempt. This time, She was not using her sensual sexual powers to influence me. Instead, she was brandishing her intellectual sword in a spiritual manner. You know, Khadija was a wealthy woman when she met Muhammad, she began softly. And I already knew just a spiritual sword was her most powerful weapon in this battle to win me over and get her way. Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, say that, I told her. That's how Muslims say it whenever we are speaking the name of the Prophet. I know, she said sweetly, but this story I am telling you begins when Muhammad was not the Prophet yet. He and Khadija were not even married yet. All right, I'm listening, I said. I watched her. She put on her hijab, even though she and I were in her bedroom, just the two of us. Her mood and manner shifted as she continued to tell me a story. Muhammad's family worked as traders. They took goods and traveled in caravans long distance across the desert to sell the items they had for sale to various communities and customers. In business, young Muhammad became known as an especially honest trader a man who kept his words and promises and as importantly who treated everyone he encountered with truth and kindness his reputation caused many to respect him and to request his trading services Khadijah is one of the people who heard about Muhammad she was a wealthy widow who also had inherited great wealth from her father. She became a careful, skillful, and successful businesswoman by investing her wealth wisely. Based on her hearing about Muhammad and a feeling that she had, she approached him to make a mudarba. She offered Muhammad double the profit for his trading services to take her goods across Arabia to As-Sham. Muhammad consulted with his uncle and soon agreed. And (sighs) Chiasa took a breath. And what else? I asked calmly. Well, you know, they did good business together. Muhammad sold her merchandise while on a long journey with other male traders. Eventually, Muhammad and Khadijah married. Throughout their marriage, Khadija supported Muhammad in every possible way, and before Muhammad became the prophet, peace be upon him, he used to climb up the mountains alone to the cave of Hira to think and listen and learn. Khadija made him food to take with him to the cave. Sometimes she even climbed the mountain and sat outside the cave and waited for him. As Muhammad's trips to the cave lasted for longer and longer amounts of days and weeks, and even over a period of three years, Khadijah remained home and raised their children and waited. When Muhammad would finally return, she welcomed him warmly and presented him with a peaceful home. This is the kind of Muslim woman I strive to be. Like Khadijah, I want to make wise choices and investments. I want to be an active and useful and loyal wife. Sometimes I'll want to climb the mountain and follow you to the cave and wait outside. The end, she said with her eyes lowered. I felt she was lowering her eyes because she wanted me to concentrate on the meaning of her story and not the intimacy and yearnings we share. I understood. I had been concentrating. I enjoyed her true storytelling. I enjoyed even more that she went about reading and researching our faith. You and I already have a mudarba. I told her. When I married you, we became partners in all things, I said. I showed her my heart and my truth. Instead of teasing her or putting on a game face, she jumped up from her bed. Her smile was brighter than sunlight. I'm heading out now, I told her. Letting her know I was going to Akimi. Okay, she said softly, but still beaming. Good night. My second wife is like that lovely and agreeable, yet she is also clever and brilliant. When she and I are in the same space together, right before I am about to leave to go over, up, down, or out without her, She will say something or do something right before we part that makes me feel like she is still with me, even though she isn't. It feels as though we are both walking side by side up the stairs and into my first wife's bedroom. I always have to pause and shake it off before I enter the energy of my first wife. They are two different flowers two separate blessings, two different comforts and pleasures, two different women, two different wives, to this one grateful man.